Okay, we just heard some great news about... It just keeps getting better and better news. Well, I mean, except for the fact that they haven't fucking locked him up yet, which is, you know, a bummer that he didn't get arrested on Tuesday, like he said. He lied, but as it turns out, he just said that to grift on his supporters. Can you dig that shit? Man. I didn't even, um, you know, I knew, I know you, I know you can't trust anything he fucking says, but I was hoping, I was really hoping, uh, you know, that the fucking justice department would do its job. But then again, y'all probably haven't made a call, you know, like your 40,000, like 80, 90, thank you for 90K. Now, if all of you motherfuckers call the DOJ, 90K people call the DOJ, 202-514-2000. If all of you motherfuckers like exercise your patriotic duty, then everything would be just peachy. Like JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Ask not. I used to have a little thing that said that over and over again. Um, this mother interrupted Fox and said what needed to be said. Um, cool. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Five hours ago. Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation? I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured huh. weapon that this Same teenager method. got a hold of. All right, so uh, we're going to break away there because that reporter who was using that camera is uh, obviously setting up to do a, a live report there. But there's devastating news rang out of yet another mass shooting in the U.S., this time at a private Christian school in Nashville. Three children have died as a result of this shooting. We are getting this. Uh, is this from the Vanderbilt University Medical Center? Uh, w this is the information that we're getting right now. The Nashville Medical Center uh, has confirmed that three children have died, Alex. Uh, just heartbreaking. We don't know how old they are. While Fox News was setting up cameras to discuss the matter and likely deflect away from a desperate need for gun control, a woman got in front of the camera while they were still setting up and made a passionate case for gun control. And you just have to watch this. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. family vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. 
assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon. All right, so uh, we're going to break away there because that reporter who was using that camera is uh, obviously setting up to do a, a live report there. But the woman said it quite succinctly, aren't you tired of this? Yes, we are tired of this. The juxtaposition of folks desperate to cut away or find alternate shots before they can finally air their clip calling for thoughts and prayers is telling of a country that does everything but address the issue at hand, whether it be the inevitable discussion of mental health, which, while a pertinent issue, by the way, is one that every other country in the world deals with. America is unique in that it offers a fast track to harm. Shall not be infringed. That's the one right that's listed in the Constitution that uses that very specific affirmative language, you know, shall not be infringed. Oh, it's also the one right that uses the the phrase well-regulated. Or forcing schools to innovate akin to a military base, all because elected officials, well, they're just too afraid to stand up to the gun lobby. This is America. The United States of America, where schools are forced to innovate akin to a military base because we're all at the mercy of the gun lobby. And I guarantee in this school, you'll probably find drastically underpaid teachers shelling out of their own pocket to pay for stationery and other things, but bulletproof walls. I'm sure we'll find funding for that. And the reality is, as this brave woman points out, what is the leading cause of death among children? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Why, why, what are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh-huh. in certain instances. What's the children? leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm going to give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children, correct? (laughs) So what is it? I'm presuming you're going to say it's firearms. No, I'm not going to say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a flying fuck to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order. <laughs> Don't apply makeup on mature skin before listening to this. John Stewart. Foundation. Tear him a new arsehole, my darling. Thank you for tearing him a new arsehole. <laughs> Take a joke. Yeah.
Okay. That's nice. Let's see what else is going on in Mars Touch. Oh, they're live right now. Yeah. Trump and Chaos. Yeah. Justice gets closer. Trump and Chaos. Now smile. Nice smile. Smile. My Celeste B. Like, no. <laughs> Might just touch. Okay, let's go check it out, man. And the auspices of it, I don't know if you okay. caught this, Hello. to interfere with the Manhattan Hello, District Attorney's criminal Mr. investigation into Donald Trump. The Manhattan District Attorney, another witness, David Pecker, who actually previously testified before the grand jury. Pecker is the former publisher of the National Enquirer who led the catch they're talking about the world order for the next oh, 100 years. That's one do? of the saddest things you can imagine. One you of the saddest. halo around him. Last media tour was a total disaster. Apparently. When he was speaking in Waco, question mark. Did you did you notice that they put a freaking halo um, behind his head? Did not have enough humiliation and did one more round of his self-flagellation <laughs> tour with interviews on the weekend shows that only further incriminated Donald Trump. What yeah, are they thinking? Yeah. Are they thinking at all? I don't Robert, think so. We will. Discuss, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and it pains me to say that, Jim Jordan continued to lead the efforts by the MAGA Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives to, in an unprecedented fashion, weaponizing the federal government, try to interfere with the Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation into Donald Trump. The Manhattan District Attorney's response was essentially, all right, just Leave us alone at this point. You are breaking the law, Jim Jordan. You have no clue what you are talking about. We don't have time for this nonsense. Don't you know what federalism is? Just go away. Stop calling us. And speaking of total nonsense, or what should more aptly be called dangerous cult behavior, Donald Trump held a deranged rally in Waco, Texas on the 30-year anniversary of the deadly Waco siege where four ATF agents were killed when they executed a search warrant on a virulent anti-government cult called the Branch Davidians that were 
unlawfully stockpiling weapons and where dozens of Branch Davidians were killed. We will discuss this dangerous incite domestic we will give you the media's response to it which in typical fashion was just a total and utter failure there was another deadly mass shooting at a school in the united states earlier in the day this one in nashville tennessee where as of now three students two teachers and the uh, terrorist who killed them um, had also died. It's utterly uh, disgusting. It's disgusting. It's an all too familiar scene here in the United States and an all too familiar pattern here in this country where, let's just be real, one political party, the Republican Party, which is now the MAGA Republicans, not only refused to allow common sense gun reform to pass, but they glorify and promote an insurrectionist view of the Second Amendment, not too dissimilar from the Branch Davidians and terrorists like Timothy McVeigh. And the photo that we just showed for those watching on YouTube is the member of Congress from that district taking a photo in front of a Christmas tree with AR-15s and all of the members of the family and the little kids holding AR-15s, right? This is a disgusting pattern that we see over and over again. And there is no both sides to this issue. Speaking of no both sides, right? As Donald Trump was at a cult rally playing... Republican... songs by what what they call the January 6th choir made up of January 6th insurrectionists well president biden was what was president biden doing president biden continued to champion policies to bring more jobs and better paying jobs in america biden was promoting infrastructure projects biden was promoting policies to look after seniors and make health care yeah, more accessible and affordable. But you wouldn't know that by subject. reading any of the large uh, periodicals or by watching any of the large media networks. And finally, more bad news for Fox and the Dominion defamation lawsuit. Man. As a former senior producer, who used to be a producer at the Tucker Carlson show, semicolon and charge Fox as co-conspirators Maria Bartiroma who previously sued Fox last week for vile harassment and discrimination well 
She amended the lawsuit she filed on Monday to include new allegations that the Fox lawyers intimidated and coerced her during her deposition that was taken back in December by Dominion lawyers in the defamation case uh, to lie and to damage her own reputation to basically lie for Fox. So big news there and bad news for Fox. And also want to say this as we start the show, thank you so much to all the Midas Mighty out there for helping us reach one million subscribers on our YouTube channel. Uh, it, it is an incredible, incredible honor to do these podcasts and to make these videos with you. And that's how I see the Midas Mighty community. None of this is possible without you. And, you know, we are, we are so, grateful for you so when i say we hit one million you hit yes. one million we were all in that together brett and jordy how are you both recent months right so here you have you know when when a new york times or these larger media networks when they kind of criticize what we do right they go you're, you're spending too much time on trump <laughs> we're plan at the large media networks we ignore him we should ignore that him. That's just... the best way to deal with it. And as I always say, you, you don't ignore him. You actually romanticize him. And the reason we cover him here consistently is because he's trying to destroy our country. I don't know what is bigger news, right? Like, what would be bigger news in Germany with the rise of Adolf Hitler than the rise of Adolf Hitler? Right. And so you're going to ignore it and come up with something and say, Adolf Hitler, uh, the former artist and World War Two, World War One soldier known for his love of large stages and his oratory skills has embraced a more subtle. By the way, it's not just New York Times like this is what the AP said. But we're going to show you and we're going to play for you for our audio listeners what took place at this completely deranged rally in Waco. And, and this is what the AP says about it. They go, this is Associated Press. They go, Trump facing potential indictment holds defiant Waco rally. Facing a potential indictment, Donald Trump took a defiant stance at a rally Saturday in Waco. With a hand over his heart, Trump stood at attention when his rally opened with a song called Justice for All performed by a choir of people imprisoned for their roles in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Like, doesn't that go like, right there? It was called uh, Donald Trump and the January 6th choir.
Doesn't it make it look like how bad shit crazy is that that statement right there <laughs> that that he's even doing? It's completely yeah. romanticizing these events, and it's the problem with this notion of balance. Where are the fucking terrorists in charge? Something that we often discuss on the show. They try so hard to view the Democratic Party and the Republican Party as just two different sides with differing ideas. Yeah. But Ben, you know, I think you actually summed it up best this week when you tweeted out, you said this, which I'll, I'll just repeat your statements for you. You said, our discourse needs to reflect the reality of the current political paradigm. It's not Democrat, liberal, progressive versus Republican, conservative. It's Democrat slash pro-democracy, which includes liberals, progressives, conservatives, and independent versus Republican, which includes MAGA, Trump, and authoritarians, which are often the same thing. And I think that is the paradigm we need to be looking at this country through right now. This is not a set of two ideas. When you have one entire political party, or at least the driving force of that political party, I don't want to act like it's everybody who's a Republican is like this, but certainly the driving force, the people who are in power, the people who are Speaker of the House, the people who run committees, the people who act as de facto Speaker when the when Kevin McCarthy is not there, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, when those people are openly supporting domestic terrorism against the United States, when they themselves are pushing for more domestic terrorism against this country, we need to be sounding the alarm and the mainstream media and everybody out there, pundits alike, and, and, and you out there who are listening to the show, should not go out there describing these people as, oh, yeah, those are just conservatives. Those are just, you know, you're one run-of-the-mill regular, you know, politics, Democrats, Republicans, all, all, all the same. All, these are all the same. It's not the same. I mean, we have to understand, and we'll go through these Trump clips at the rally, but this Trump rally was a celebration of a domestic terrorist attack against the United States. Actually, it wasn't just a celebration of one attack. It was a celebration of multiple attacks yeah. against the federal yeah. government, while simultaneously the Republican Party in Congress is using the levers of power in order to attack those same institutions that Donald Trump was attacking from the dais at his rallies. And so you have it coming from all ends. But what's the what's the the what's the connective tissue between the two? It's that these are attacks on our institutions. These are attacks on the fundamental values of the United States of America. And we need to all be cognizant of that and we all need to be on the offense regarding that. And Brett, to your point, the attacks from the leaders of the Republican Party. So I want to take a step back to Ben's tweet. I mean, it, it's so right on because what do the Republicans have, right? They have this Twitter account called Lives of TikTok, right? Who will tweet out videos of students at colleges or whatever, just, you know, probably making asses of themselves and say, look at this liberal freaking out about that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I'm not going to fall into this trap. One, I don't even know who this student is or this person is that, that they don't represent me as a Democrat. Whereas you actually have the leaders of the Republican Party, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Gateses, the McCarthys, the Trumps, who are attacking this country from within on a daily basis. That is at their highest level of leadership and government. Those people hate this country. Those MAGA Republicans are, are a threat to, to this amazing country that we all get to live in. 
Yeah, that's their counterpoint always. You know, when they, when you have Donald Trump and the Jim Jordans and the Comers and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Kevin McCarthy's and and the Gosars and, and the Boberts, you go through all of them. These are the lead, the Matt Gates. These are the leaders of their party. Um, and then they're and then they're also led by influencers like someone named Cat Turd. They look up to this influencer account called Cat Turd. But these are real influential people. Yes. By the way, Trump and the campaign cites Cat Turd as one of their polls about why he's beating DeSantis. Not kidding. Cite, not kidding. Not not kidding here. The Cat Turd poll. And then on the other hand, the what then they'll do and create lib of TikToks or whatever they call it, they'll go and pick some random person to your point, Jordy, who's at some, some, you know, some, some school who's, who's yelling in a crowd who we don't even know if is a Democrat or what they do. And they go, you see what the liberals are doing. Here's what the liberals are. And it's like, well, that, that person doesn't speak for me. That person's not the leader. That person doesn't have any actual leadership ability at all. And that's part of the both sides trick that the media then kind of falls into and then pushes this false narrative. Oh, they're just the left and the right. They're, they're, they're all extreme. They're all extreme. No, I mean, the bottom line at this point, the quote unquote left in America in many other countries would probably be a center right party if yeah. we're being told totally honest about what the composition would be. Um, And like, if you went to a a, a lot of countries in Europe, like their right wing party is actually probably further left than the modern day Democrats are. But look, I like though, ultimately a party in the Democrats though, that, that is a big tent party of progressives, of liberals, right. Of people who, you know, left the Republicans, but have conservative views, you know, independents, people not affiliated with political parties. I I genuinely want the best ideas to prevail. I want to work hard to get the best ideas. And I want to grapple with that. The MAGA Republicans don't want to grapple with that. What they want to do is pick a little soundbite and then go, ha, 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 you see, you see, versus like have a real constructive conversation um, when Democrats are trying to have a real constructive conversation. And, and just look, we, we talked about this event in uh, Waco. Brett, you mentioned the MAGA Republicans in Congress held a hearing leading up to it, attacking the ATF. It was like called how the ATF is taking away your Second Amendment rights. It called it something like that. Then there was a trip to the January 6th insurrectionist with a congressional delegation. That's the name of the hearing. ATF's regular. So, by the way, the hearing right here is actually called. The the committee is an oversight and accountability subcommittee on on economic growth, energy policy and regulatory affairs. Right. And so the hearing that the Republicans hold in a economic growth, energy policy and regulatory affairs is ATF's assault on the Second Amendment. When is enough enough? That's what they that's what they call it. And there's the congressional delegation to uh, to to champion the insurrectionist. And then there's the rally that was sequenced on purpose in that fashion. And so here's how the event starts. Um, It begins with them saying, um, you know, put your hand to your heart to celebrate a new song called Justice for All by the January 6th choir. Here, if we have this clip, can can we play this clip right now? Ladies and gentlemen, please rise and place your hand over your heart for the number one song on iTunes, Amazon, and the Billboard charts. 
Justice for All, featuring President Donald J. Trump and the J6 Choir. I mean, by the way, these are the people who attacked Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. I mean, let's be like, put your hand over your heart for a song called Justice for All by the Jen taking a knee. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise and place your hand over your heart for the number one song on iTunes, Amazon, and the Billboard charts. Justice for All, featuring President Donald J. Trump and the J6 Choir. I mean, by the way, these are the people who attacked Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. I mean, let's be like, put your hand over your heart for a song called Justice for All by the January 6th Choir. And then the... And by the January 6th choir. And then the and then I mean these are the same people that hate on on anything that has to relatively do with celebrity. They had no problem pimping out and the number one song on iTunes. I mean, these people are are caricatures of themselves. And then you got that. Well, I also just want to mention because you know, a lot of people from that shot, we couldn't actually see the screen that was playing. But the screen was playing footage of the insurrection while they had their hands on their hearts. So if you look through this uh, Trump uh, photo right here, you see the screen in the background with insurrection footage on the TV. So they were had their hands over their hearts, pledging allegiance not to the United States of America, but to an attack against the United States of America. That right there is absolutely horrifying and such a good point about, you know, the attacks they have on, on people who take a stand, uh, you know, during the, the anthem or rather take a kneel during the anthem. These people literally hands on their hearts attacking America. What could be more disgraceful to our national anthem and to our flag than leading a essentially a prayer, a pledge of allegiance, if you will, to the January 6th uh, insurrection? Are you kidding me? He, and then and then the event goes with Trump, you know, doing his greatest hits. This is Trump calling Putin and G uh, smart and like just praising them. That's a major part of the event here. Play this clip. I used to talk to Putin. I got along well with Putin. I used to talk to Putin about it. It's something he certainly had in his mind. Never even talked about it. For four years, you didn't even hear about it. As soon as I was out or left or however you want to describe that catastrophe, they started putting soldiers on the border. Hear about it. National anthem and to our flag, then leading a essentially a prayer, a pledge of allegiance, if you will, to the January 6th uh, insurrection. Are you kidding me? He, and And then to the event. Goes with Trump, you know, doing his greatest hits. This is Trump calling Putin and G uh, smart and like just praising them. That's a major part of the event here. Play this clip. I used to talk to Putin. I got along well with Putin. I used to talk to Putin about it. It's something he certainly had in his mind. Never even talked about it. For four years, you didn't even hear about it. 
As soon as I was out or left or however you want to describe that catastrophe, they started putting soldiers on the border. But even then, he didn't want to do it. He soldiers on the border. But even then, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to get a peace. Now it looks like he'll end up probably what getting the whole thing. Traitor. But I've never seen anything like it. What's happened? And if you saw the other day with President. Xi, smart, top of his game. President Putin, smart, very smart people, standing there talking about the world order for the next 100 years. That's one of the saddest things you can imagine. One of the saddest. I just want to say before before you get into the next clip, like I I know that there are a lot of people, including probably people who watch us, who go like the media shouldn't cover this guy. But to me, as we were saying earlier, the headlines after this rally, honestly, this should have been front page news. It should be front page news that the former president of the United States and top candidate for the Republican nomination for president is pledging allegiance to a terrorist attack against this country. I mean, just think, let's let's get out of our like Trump adjusted mindset for one second right. and try to put yourself back to pre-2016 America and headlines and news and imagine a president or presidential candidate pledging allegiance to a domestic terrorist attack against the country. I just don't want to gloss over this quickly and say and, and, and normalize it in any way. And I don't think the media should normalize it in any way. This should be front page news. This is horrific. And then, sorry to interrupt then. But no, what, and, what, what and, and then the media goes, well, we're, we're just not going to cover him. The best way to handle him is you ignore him. By the way, you, you then don't ignore him because we've showed you the New York Times story. We showed you the AP story. Story where you take these uh, this speech and these and what we what we're seeing and you act like this is normal. Like to Brett, your point is not normal. Um, here he is basically talking about you know, how how we need more babies. And by the way, this is part of like the great replacement theory. You know, in, in terms of wh- why does he keep talking about like we need more babies? Everybody, um, it's part of this idea that he's trying to encourage white babies, basically, and that. has Hitler's Mein Kampf. At bedside table. I made a mistake, but the dog whistle here. Here, play the clip. We will support baby bonuses. So many people like that for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. No, we 
And when he says we need babies, let's be very clear who he's referring to there. Um, Here he is as part of this speech attacking the Manhattan District Attorney and again calling uh, Stormy Daniels the horrific name that he calls her. Here, play this clip. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape and the courts didn't want to even look at it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face. I never liked. I never. It's just not. It's terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. This is you know, something, too, that he's really ramped up recently. I mean, he's he's been doing it since he's been out of office, but especially in the past few weeks, especially as Alvin Bragg has gotten closer to an indictment, you see him more cosplaying as president. And so there, you first off, anyone around him, anytime he gives a public statement, anytime he has somebody speak on his behalf on TV, it's always President Trump, President Trump, President Trump. That's the language they always use. And he always uses that language whether it's on Truth Social or whether he's on TV or whatever. And there he goes, and we have a great first lady, don't we? I'd agree. Dr. Jill Biden is a great first lady. (laughs) That's not who he is talking about, though. He is trying to act like he is the pseudo-president. Another sick and deranged and detestable thing that he is doing there on the stage, not to mention the disgusting name calling. And and remember the the headlines and the language that New York Times and AP used to describe this campaigning. Humble. His his new humble style of campaigning. Getting back to the issues. Focusing on education. This is what they say about these rallies. And I actually had a lot of people, I did not see this myself, but a lot of people messaged me saying that on CBS, the local CBS affiliate in Waco, which I believe is owned by Sinclair, which is a far-right television conglomerate. If you haven't seen the last week tonight uh, episode about Sinclair Media and their takeover over these local media stations, highly recommend you do. They basically issue scripts to all of these stations, and they have their super far-right MAGA agenda that they tout. But the local CBS affiliate, from what people told me, once again, I'm going off hearsay here, is that they describe this rally in glowing terms. And they said that there were 50,000 people in attendance and roaring crowds and Trump's powerful return to state. This is what they were saying. And people get this in Texas. And they think this is my local news station. These are the people who I grew up oh with. This God. is these are the, this is this is the news that I trust. What? It's local news. This is this is just the straight news, right? This is just the straight news. It's not. It's not. It's act. It's it's Newsmax. It's OAN. It's more worse. It's worse because it's more evil. It's it's much more sinister than that oh because it's showing itself as a CBS affiliate and it's beaming themselves into everybody's home. It's far more sinister, in fact, than a Newsmax than an OAN. And just to clarify that point as well, before we get to the next clip, if you look at the overhead view, you see that there were 
not that many people actually at yep. this rally. They pack it in um, from the people who I saw online who are you know pretty accurate about judging this stuff. I read that there are more like 2,500 people at this event. I think the stadium that they held in near only holds 15,000, and they held it in the parking lot because he doesn't want to. Pay, he doesn't pay for the actual events. They hold them in like parking lots. And if you look from above, you see the thing isn't even filled up. I mean, still horrifying that he could get a crowd, but you know you could get you could get a few thousand people to show up for anything. I think, but. To have CBS acting like there were fifty thousand people and and acting oh as Trump's God. personal Sean Spicer, the biggest crowds ever. I mean, it's it's sick and it's dangerous, oh and I just want to call it out. And and a lot of people don't follow this stuff all you know very closely. So right. most, most people, people, you know, That's most people are just going charged, about their day. They're hardworking burgers. Americans, and they are being and fed. A diet of disinformation, like they're just being lied to. Frankly, though, that's why everybody here who's watching this right now live, who's watching it after the live, who listens to it on uh, podcasts, that's why this movement. Mint is so important that you're actually now sharing these videos with people that you know who don't um, typically watch the news. I mean, that's why I think today we, we got 7,000 or 8,000 new subscribers already as of right now, like in, in one day. I just think... I think That's people are craving the truth and people guys. know they're being gaslit and they're looking for something and they can't really find it anywhere. And then they come to this network and you're like, yes, finally, someone's just someone's telling me. the truth and showing me the clips and showing me the video. But that's why everybody watching here, again, make sure you subscribe right now to the YouTube channel, but make sure you share these videos, this YouTube channel, this network with anybody you know. You're really so important in spreading the message. That's the best way people can learn. And here, you, Brett, you mentioned this small crowd. Um, I want to show you this on, on, on the topic of small crowds. So while you were just speaking, Ben, I went and I looked at the aerial footage, and this was released by RSBN, the Trump Propaganda Network, as they flew over the rally to talk about the big crowds for Trump. I just watched this this second. And I took a screenshot of the crowd, and I'm going to show our video listener, our video watchers right now, the screenshot of the crowd. This is from their cameras. Remember, this is from their <laughs> overhead cameras. Perhaps they shouldn't have shown this, but it really gives you a perspective about what this event looked like from above. Wow. I, I mean, it looks like a tiny little nothing event when you look at it from this aerial shot. This is the shot that you should show people when you look at these crowds, and it shows you this. Oh, shit. Oh man, I was trying to take care speak to why it was that he referred that to Michael Cohen, and the reason he did was because I want to gloss over this quickly and say and, and and normalize it in any way. And I don't think the media should normalize it in any way. This should be front page news. 
this is horrific. And then, sorry to interrupt them. But no, what, and, what, what and, and then the media goes, well, we're, we're just not going to cover him. The best way to handle him is you ignore him. By the way, you, you then don't ignore him because we've showed you the New York Times story. We showed you the AP story where you take these uh, this speech and these and what, we've, what we're seeing and you act like this is normal. Like, to Brett, your point is not normal. Um, here he is basically talking about you know, how, how we need more babies. And by the way, this is part of like the great replacement theory, you know, in, in terms of wh why does he keep talking about like we need more babies? Um, it, it's part of this idea that he's trying to encourage white babies, basically. And that's the dog whistle here. Here, play the clip. We will support baby bonuses. So many people like that for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. And when he says we need babies, let's be very clear who he's referring to there. Um, here he is as part of this speech attacking the Manhattan District Attorney and again calling uh, Stormy Daniels the horrific name that he calls her. Here, play this clip. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote, and they found at least five million instances on tape. And the courts didn't want to even look Five at million. it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating charged. me for something that... King Trader. DOJ 202-514-2000. Yes, yes. It's not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face, I never liked... I never, it's just not, that's terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. Should be another. Oh, whistle here, here, play the clip. We will support baby bonuses, so many people. for his statement against Stormy Daniels. Ow! Oh, cornered, she said. Like that for the new baby boom that will be coming. We need babies. And when he says we need babies, let's be very clear who he's referring to there. Um, uh, here he is as part of this speech attacking the Manhattan District Attorney and again calling uh, Stormy Daniels the horrific name that he calls her. Here, play this clip. You know, uh, Marjorie is here, truth to vote. And they found at least five million instances on tape and the courts didn't want to even look at it. The district attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., 
was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked horse face. I never liked I never. It's just not. It's. She left. Terrible thing. That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. This is something too that he's really ramped up recently. I mean, he's he's been doing it since he's been out of office, but especially in the past few weeks, especially as Alvin Bragg has gotten closer to an indictment, you see him more cosplaying as president. And so there, you first off, anyone around him, anytime he gives a public statement, anytime he has somebody speak on his behalf on TV, it's always President Trump, President Trump, President Trump. That's the language they always use. And he always uses that language, whether it's on Truth Social or whether it's on TV or whatever. And there he goes, and we have a great first lady, don't we? I'd agree. Whether it's on Truth Social or whether it's on TV or whatever. And there he goes, and we have a great first lady, don't we? Great. Dr. Jill Biden is a great first lady. Oh, That's right. not who he is talking about, though. He is trying to act like he is the pseudo president. Another yeah. sick and deranged and detestable thing that he is doing there on the stage, not to mention the disgusting name calling and and remember the the headlines and the language that new york times and ap used to describe this campaigning humble his his new humble style of campaigning getting back to the issues Great point. focusing on education this is what they say about these rallies Stormy, but they spelled Stormy wrong, so wouldn't come up probably. Right, the diaper don. They're gonna flag me if I put sexual, so I'm gonna put a three in there.
pronto. Time limits pronto. Right. Is there anybody there? Oh, what's going on? Failed to deliver. Oh, shit. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. Let's get back to the great alleys. Show. And I actually had a lot of people, I did not see this myself, but a lot of people messaged me saying that on CBS, the local CBS affiliate in Waco, which I believe is owned by Sinclair, which is a far-right television conglomerate. If you haven't seen the last week tonight uh, episode about Sinclair Media and their takeover over these local media stations, highly recommend you do. They basically issue scripts to all of these stations and they have their super far-right MAGA agenda that they tout. But the local CBS affiliate, from what people told me, once again, I'm going off hearsay here, is that they described this rally in glowing terms. And they said that there were 50,000 people in attendance and roaring crowds and Trump's powerful return to state. This is what they were saying. And people get this in Texas. And they think this is my local news station. These are the people who I grew up with. This is these are this is this is the news that I trust. What? It's local news. This is this is just the straight news, right? This is just the straight news. It's not. It's not. It's act. It's it's Newsmax. It's OAN. It's more worse. It's worse because it's more evil. It's it's much more sinister than that because it's showing itself as a CBS affiliate and it's beaming themselves into everybody's home. It's far more sinister, in fact, than a Newsmax than an OAN. And just to clarify that point as well, before we get to the next clip, if you look at the overhead view, you see that there were not that many people actually at yep. this rally. They pack it in um, from the people who I saw online who were you know, pretty accurate about judging this stuff. I read that there are more like 2,500 people at this event. I think the stadium that they held in near only holds 15,000 and they held it in the parking lot because he doesn't want to pay, he doesn't pay for the actual events. They hold them in like parking lots. And if you look from above, you see the thing isn't even filled up. I mean, still horrifying that he could get a crowd, but you know, you could get, you could get a few thousand people to show up for anything, I think. But to have CBS acting like there were 50,000 people and, and acting as Trump's personal Sean Spicer, the biggest crowds ever i mean it's it's sick and it's dangerous mm. and i just want to call it out and and a lot of people Inciting. don't follow this stuff all you know very closely so right. most, most people, people you know most people are just going about their day they're hard-working americans and they are being fed a <laughs> diet of disinformation like they're just being lied to frankly though that's why everybody here who's watching this right now live, who's watching it after the live, who listens to it on uh, podcasts, that's why this movement is so important that you're actually now sharing these videos with people that you know who don't um, typically watch the news. I mean, that's why I think today we, we got 7,000 or 8,000 new subscribers already as of right now, like in, in one day. I just think 
I think people are craving the truth and people know they're being gaslit and they're looking for something and they can't really find it anywhere. And then they come to this network and you're like, yes, finally, someone's just someone's telling me the truth and showing me the clips and showing me the video. But that's why everybody watching here, again, make sure you subscribe right now to the YouTube channel, but make sure you share these videos, this YouTube channel, this network with anybody you know. You are really so important in spreading the message. That's the best way people can learn. And here, you, Brett, you mentioned this small crowd. Um, I want to show you this on, on, on the topic of small crowds. So while you were just speaking, Ben, I went and I looked at the aerial footage, and this was released by RSBN, the Trump Propaganda Network, as they flew over the rally to talk about the big crowds for Trump. I just watched this this second, and I took a screenshot of the crowd, and I'm going to show our video listener, our video watchers right now, the screenshot of the crowd. This is from their cameras. Remember, this is from their overhead <laughs> cameras. Perhaps they shouldn't have showed this, but it really gives you a perspective about what this event looked like from above. Wow. I, I mean, it looks like a tiny little nothing event when you look at it from this aerial shot. This is the shot that you should show people when you look at these crowds and it shows you those camera angles they use, you know, are are used to deceive and act like it's a much bigger thing than it is. But that is like an empty lot right there with a smattering of people. Brett, Brett, you talk about uh, professional rake steppers uh, with like the MAGA Republicans. This RBSN or whatever the hell they are, they're professional rake steppers as far as media is concerned. I saw a couple clips this weekend of them just stepping in it. And uh, honestly, it's like... It's being told the sky is orange when you watch that, when you watch RBSN or whatever they are. And we all know it's blue. And then they show you the sky. Yeah. Like this with the crowd. They, they reported that this crowd was monstrous. Let's, let's go to the aerial view. And the aerial view, they, like, it's like, you know, a couple people. It, it, it's beyond pathetic and embarrassing. And just to your point, Ben, people are so frustrated about being gaslit by the media that they you just know, the funny. I think it's called Right Side Broadcast Network. Whatever that is. Yeah. You know, one of the funny things about this whole Newsmax dispute where all of these right-wingers were saying, you got to let Newsmax on. Like, Newsmax is not watched by that many people. Like, you want to do a straight comparison between the Midas Touch Network and Newsmax of who watches it? Like, on any given day, millions of more people watch this, right? Yet you have all of these like right-wing MAGA people in their fascist way telling DirecTV, you need to bring back Newsmax or else, and then DirecTV like brings them back. It's like no one gives a crap about Newsmax at the end of the day, yet Fox is fearful of them. You know, just know out there that our numbers are bigger. Like, I want you to know that no matter what, know that, but we just can't be exhausted. We can't be exhausted by it. We have to look at this and go, okay, now I take action. And that's why we show you some of these clips. Like, here, I want to show you, this is from the beginning of the rally. Here were some of, like, the warm-up acts before Donald Trump. Uh, Ted Nugent, the country singer. This is how... People get, people get mad, Ben, I noticed in the comments when you call him a country singer. He's just a, a rock singer. I, I saw the comments. They were they were pretty vicious of your description as Ted Nugent as a, as a country singer earlier today. So I see you looking at Brett like you're mad. He's just, he's just getting in your back, which is, which I, just is that my I, wanna, I, took, I just call him Ted Nugent a fascist. Yeah, I'm just going Ted, <laughs> Ted Nugent a fascist. This is this is how this is how he started. I want my money back. I didn't authorize any money to Ukraine to some homosexual weight weirdo. I want my money back. 
I mean, they're they're clapping for that. I, I don't even think I have to tell you how deranged that is. And you're right, Brett. I'm sorry to all the country music fans out there forever. I'm sorry for all the music fans out there in general with associating Ted Nugent with any music at all. This is the um, uh, MAGA Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas. This is what he had to say. Play the when Donald Trump was president, there was no DEI or ESG or drag queen shows with children attending. He wouldn't have put up with that for one moment. Oh, yes, it's a d d diversity and drag queens began post-2020, as we all know. Discretion like this. Well, you say that. We don't know what the charges are yet. We have no idea what the charges are, but I, I go, go back well, to... Is it... No, I would do you have, advise I a do client, have an idea. Would you advise a client to personally attack a, a, a prosecutor like this? I mean, it's dehumanizing, Mr. Takapina. You know, Chuck, I know, I, again... I'm not his social media consultant. Um, I, I don't, I think that was an ill-advised post that one of his social media people put up and he quickly took down when he realized the rhetoric in the photo that was attached to it. But that being You're said, only referring I, to the baseball bat. To he didn't take down the other rhetoric. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're referring to the baseball bat thing, which of course sure. was featured in the New York Post cover. New York right. Post thought it was right. a pretty, uh, a pretty rough hit and there wasn't that many here's the thing we, we went through january 6th so this is not like a possibility that trump's rhetoric creates violence it's already happened once are you not concerned this could happen well i'm not i'm not i'm not accepting that proposition that his rhetoric created violence i think violence was was on the way um that day but i'm not here to discuss when he says, by the way, I'm not going to accept that premise that his actions created violence on that day. One of the incredible things about Takapina, too, is that he's previously taken a number of positions against Donald Trump. And so Takapina represented an insurrectionist in a sentencing hearing where he literally said it was basically Donald Trump's fault uh, that raised the rhetoric and that led to his client at that time, which, by the way, was Julian Cotter he represented. He represented the guy who attacked and assaulted Capitol Police Officer Sicknick, who died as a result of the assault. And in that sentencing memorandum, that's what his position was. His position was, it was all of this rhetoric created at the highest levels is a direct quote from Takapina's legal brief. That, there it is, just so you can all see it. It says, a climate of mass hysteria fueled by the dissemination of misinformation about the 2020 election originating at the highest level gave rise to a visceral powder keg waiting to ignite. And that is precisely what occurred. Takapina wrote that. Okay, his so, signature right here on it. the document. <laughs> like we have the signature, and this isn't even this is an ancient history. This isn't even two years ago. This is this just this just happened a few months ago. Four months ago, yeah, four months ago he wrote that. And by the way, Chuck Todd did a great job in that interview. I, I I tend to not be a Chuck Todd fan, but he's been stepping up to the weirdness of this moment week in and week out. So so shout out Chuck Todd, man, keep up the great work. And but why does anyone bring that up? Like that's an excellent point. Takapina has done the rounds. Like I've never seen uh, an analyst just, just call it out point blank as, as as swiftly and as smart and brilliant as you guys did. That's why you people know, come to right. the Mighty that's Swedish right. Network. But, but also, right. in, you know, it's not only, and, and all Republicans do this, it's not only the deflection on air that bothers me. 
It's just the cowardice. It's the utter cowardice. It's the, oh, I think that was probably just a social media consultant who posted that uh, footage. Uh, it was probably just a social media guy who did it. Uh, what Can you go deeper? Because his voice is, like, hilariously deep. Every time I watch a clip, like, it gets deeper that's, deeper. that's That's probably the deepest. It's such a great point, though, Brett. It is, the it's the gaslighting, and it's, they're too weak to even say this is this is how i feel like okay you know you know you want to just say oh it's a george soros funded whatever like okay just say how you feel you know what you're doing stop with the bs and just go out and say how you feel and ultimately if you support terrorists just tell the people you support terrorists you know you're gonna try your first instinct is to blame the january insurrectionist on a boogeyman called antifa that you made up that doesn't have a leadership structure that isn't even like a real thing it's antifa antifa did it <laughs> you know you have the republican party to take a trip to the dc jails to uh, hang out with antifa and have a song with the j6 choir made up of antifa and BLM, like there's just not even consistency. With and when you see that, when there's like a when there's like an incident that happens too, you know whether it's like the Department of Justice executing a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, right? Like because the truth has doesn't matter at all to them, they like try a bunch of different things. Like and and there's no consistency between them, and so it's just like a barrage, lie 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 lie, because it just doesn't matter. It's like well, we weren't even. We weren't even served with a search warrant. It's like, okay, yes, 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 you are. The FBI planted it. It's like, no, they, 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 they didn't plant it. You know, they, they, you, you keep going on and on and on. You, you chuck, 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 hey, chuck, 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 chuck. So, in this next clip of Joe Takapina, you have Chuck Todd pressing him. Oh, oh, he makes a fatal mistake here. And I want you to look at Joe Takapina's face when he realizes what he just said. Takapina. Joe Takapina tries to equate that everything that Donald Trump does with the Trump Organization is Donald Trump's personal actions. Remember, the Trump Organization was just convicted on multiple felony counts, more than a dozen felony counts. And here we have Donald Trump's lawyer saying that everything that happens at the Trump Organization is a reflection of Donald Trump personally. Just watch, watch Joe Takapina. Look at his eyes. Look at his eyes here when Chuck Todd confronts him on this one. He keeps saying it's personal funds. That is not what Michael Cohen pled guilty to. This was funds where he was repaid by the Trump organization, Trump signed the checks, no. one of them Correct. that was there. So you call it personal funds. It is, it is in a court of it law, it's been funds. proven that it was Trump organization funds. It's personal funds. It was not funds related to the campaign. That's the distinction. But he used a Trump organization not check. campaign finance laws. But but Chuck, that's personal. That's personal. It has no so everything to do with the Trump with organization the is Donald Trump for persons? I mean, you realize the door you're opening there. Chuck, Chuck, you're, you're, you're absolutely conflating issues, and, and they don't go together. They just don't. This is a case that is being investigated because, allegedly, Donald Trump had an obligation to notify the FEC. Okay, the Federal Election Committee. Mm -hmm. He did not. The FEC has come forth and said that. This has nothing to do with whether he paid it through his organization, through a corporation, or his personal funds. These were personal funds. By all accounts, these were personal funds, not campaign funds. It's personal campaign, whether it's Trump organization, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. the person, you know, Mar-a-Lago Corporation, whatever it is, they're personal and not mm -hmm. campaign funds. And that's the key distinction here. If they were campaign funds, we'd be having a different discussion. We'd be talking about how he used campaign funds 
funds to pay personal expenses, and they'd be baiting for an indictment, as I said earlier. But again, what this investigation may end up being is about the uh, essentially the falsifying business records. Yeah, and that's the part, by the way, of the case that a lot of people are glossing over of what is happening in New York, Jordy, with the facial expression. But sure, but sure. I would love to play poker with Takapina, man. But With all his attorneys. But you have to remember, it's not just the Stormy Daniels piece that the Manhattan DA is investigating. They're also investigating Donald Trump for criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. And Donald Trump's attorney just went on TV went on TV and said that Donald Trump and the company, no distinction there. I mean, how else could you make it worse? I, I don't know how you can make it worse for your client if, if an indictment comes down. What, what, what if Alvin Bragg, what if Alvin Bragg, I don't know if this is you know the, the reality. It would be, though, the most incredible strategist if he was like, you know what? If I just drag this on for two or three weeks. They're just going to keep on admitting to all the other crimes. <laughs> and so and so all he did by dragging it out one more week is got Trump's to admit to actually the bigger case, like the Stormy Daniels case. <laughs> right. Imagine, you know, like if you go fishing. Right. And the Stormy Daniels case is like the bait. Right. You know, when you're trying to catch, you know, the, the shark or the big barracuda. So you put the hush money case out there. You know, which is see what this is. Supposed to be clouded in this. Traitorous, dangerous, and very strange event that Donald Trump took part in in front of a very, very, very small crowd. It's not a coincidence that Donald Trump small chose to speak at small Waco, penis. Texas. That is the site over 30 years ago. It's now the small 30th dick. anniversary <laughs> of the Waco siege where... Small crowd for a small penis. A religious cult known energy. as the Branch Davidians. <laughs> small crowd for a small penis. Exclamation point, LOL, little dick energy, exclamation point, uh, haha. Midas Touch live coverage. On deranged diaper dawn attack. Led by uh, someone named David Koresh was stockpiling unlawful weapons, the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau within the Department of Justice, went to execute a search warrant. The Branch Davidians started shooting at the ATF members. Four ATF members died, and after a 51-day uh, standoff, uh, dozens of Branch Davidians uh, died as well, but uh, the Branch Davidian Waco situation is something frequently uh, that is talked about by domestic terrorists, and it was actually what was pointed to by the Oklahoma City bombing of uh, the terrorist Timothy McVeigh uh, when he carried out the Oklahoma City bomb. So this is why Donald Trump chose to speak in Waco, Texas, uh, the 30th anniversary. This is also one of the reasons why the House MAGA Republicans held a hearing uh, this past week where they attacked 
the ATF and are calling for the abolition and defunding the ATF. But let's go back now to the event, and I want to play you some clips so you can just see for yourself just how completely deranged Donald Trump is and this event is. And then after, I want to talk to you about the media coverage of this event so you can see how incongruent and just how both sides the media tries to present this complete and utter insanity that I'm about to show you. So going to Donald Trump's speech, again, in front of a very small crowd in Waco, Texas, maybe a thousand people, a few thousand people, not a big crowd at all, during this... Okie doke. Well, holy crap, there's a lot. Um, okay, get back to the show. If it's a felony, it becomes a four-year sentence. But the bigger one that is uh, currently being tried as a civil lawsuit by the New York Attorney General, and that case is set to go to trial October 2nd, the criminal version of that, remember, that's the case that Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn resigned because they thought that one wasn't being prosecuted. Um, but Alvin Bragg, to his credit, has always said, no, I'm still focused on that one. I'm just basically going in a different order than you'd like me to go. So imagine you throw the Stormy Daniels one out there, and then you basically just get Trump to admit to all the other crimes, and now you've got Trump's lawyer on tape basically oh, saying so that. so good. So yeah. good. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then look, he goes further. Look, 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 look at what Takapino, <laughs> look, at, it's, it could be, look, whether that happened or not, that was the result of the delay. But let's look at what Takapina says um, <laughs> about what, what what's Donald Trump supposed to put on his, pers his personal ledger. Even more incriminating. Play this clip. His legal fees was invoiced by Michael Cohen, who arranged this on his own with his own money initially. He took out a loan, literally, resolved this without the president knowing, came back and then sent the bill in for four times the amount over the course of a year it was paid off as legal fees, as was the invoice. Right. But what would he supposed to put in his personal ledger? Seriously, what would he put in his personal ledger? Uh, payment for hush money to um, quiet uh, an affair that I claim I never had so my family doesn't get embarrassed. Is that what he should put in his ledger? It, there's no, nothing wrong with whatever you want. Your ledger is what should be the ledger? Would you ever put a four paragraph <laughs> sentence for a letter? Chuck, you're being, yeah, I, I honestly I think you're being a little petty well, when you're looking at other this. Other crimes. It, that's not actually you're a crime. Petty to, when you're looking uh, at the Chuck Todd's supposed to ask questions. Always being petty. It was like the easiest. It, Chuck Todd asked the but most basic question. Like, shouldn't he just tell the truth? You're being petty. You're being petty, Chuck Todd. But if you want to know who's really being petty and frankly is engaged in, I think, criminal weaponization, it's Jim Jordan and James Comer. Right? These are the people who create the weaponization committee and they want to investigate how the DOJ is being weaponized. Meanwhile, Donald Trump and Bill Barr actually weaponized the DOJ to attack Donald Trump's political enemies and use the DOJ literally as Donald Trump's personal law firm, but Jim Jordan keeps on sending more and more letters to Alvin Bragg, like just keep sending him letters. Jim Jordan's staff keeps calling Alvin Bragg staff over and over and over again, and they have no basis for this, right? Like it, these MAGA Republicans, they're so inconsistent. These are the people who, are, who claim, oh, you know, we're for small government, local prosecutors should have their own path, and now they want to use a House committee 
to interfere with a local prosecutor's criminal investigation involving falsification of business records under New York law. And the auspices of it, I don't know if you caught this, what they say is like their legislative purpose is they want to investigate passing legislation to immunize uh, presidents, former presidents, from any crimes. And that is what their focus is on. And it says that, uh, it says that, for example, as we have explained in detail, the Committee on the Judiciary wow. is examining whether wow. legislative reforms are necessary to insulate former and current presidents from politically motivated prosecutions by state and local officials. I mean, how humiliating is that? And finally, Alvin Bragg's office, so someone in Alvin Bragg's staff kept them getting called by Jim Jordan's like annoying staff. <laughs> So creepy, and so and so. One of Alvin Bragg's like staff members who said, "Look, your committee has no jurisdiction over us. You're wrong. Please stop calling us with this bullshit." And hung up on him. Um, that was so one. Good. Good. Alvin Bragg posted a tweet to Jim Jordan's recent letter because I guess that's the only way you can communicate with Republicans. You have to like tweet at them. Like you can't have normal discourse. Um, and Alvin Bragg's uh, most recent post said, we evaluate cases in our jurisdiction based on the facts, the law, and the evidence. It is not appropriate for Congress to interfere with pending local investigations. This unprecedented inquiry by federal elected officials into an ongoing matter serves only to hinder, disrupt, and undermine the legitimate work of our dedicated prosecutors. As always, we will continue to follow the facts and be guided by the rule of law in everything we do. But also to my uh, hypothetical of what Alvin Bragg may be exposing by just, you know, methodically going about this is you see like all of the, uh, you know, the MAGA unlawfulness like surface as part of their exactly what they tried to do on Jan and did on January 6th, right? Like it is a very basic playbook that they always go back to. And inevitably, it is it is violence. It is photographs of Donald Trump holding a baseball bat, you know, depicting himself bludgeoning Alvin Bragg. Right. It is statements calling Alvin Bragg human scum. It is statements calling Alvin Bragg an animal. It, it is inevitably that's what happens. And the MAGA Republicans always show very quickly who they are and so that's that is my theory i'm sticking by my theory that that's what alvin bragg i like it i like is, it is doing just a quick update on special counsel jack smith as well that cbs reported that special counsel jack smith is continuing to aggressively investigate uh criminal charges against donald trump and is focused on a conspiracy to obstruct the congressional proceeding you know very focused on that we knew that before but you know to hear it from sources with knowledge I think, you know, just layers on to what we already know. And the reporting notes that Jack Smith is tightening his investigation and that the latest updates of compelling these people in Trump's world, Jack Smith won major victories at the end of last week where uh, the federal judge found that executive privilege doesn't apply. So all of these Trumpers in the inner circle are all going to be uh, testifying um, now before the grand jury, people like Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and wow. 
you know, and all that. It's, it's, it was a really, really big, big ruling. And so, you know, this is just making Trump lose it even more than he already has, if you could even uh, imagine that. Brett, can you give us a little bit of an update of, of what's been going on, though, um, in Nashville, uh, Tennessee? I think it's important that we at least touch on it briefly here for its uh, significance, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, another just horrible, tragic, avoidable uh, school shooting in in Nashville. I mean, it's it's a story that we just see so much of every single day, and I, I think it's just so important that none of us get numb to this because right. this is not normal, and we have to make it clear that this is not normal. And the reason this persists is because of government policy. It's because of Republican policy. If I'm being pointed about it and, and being clear. No other country deals with this issue of, of mass shootings. I, I know we've had just about one or, or possibly, more, I think, more than one mass shooting a day, every single day of this year. We hear about certain ones that happen in schools and whatnot, but just think about that for a second. I mean, it's, it's unfathomable. So today uh, we learned that six people were killed in Nashville. It was at the Covenant School, a, a private Christian school in Nashville, and included three students. And this was a, uh, I think it was a K through six school. Young young children were shot and killed, and and everyone who was shot died. Uh, two teachers were killed, and the shooter was killed after uh, during this shooting. Um, it's just uh, the suspect was armed with two assault style rifles and and a handgun. And it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just at a loss for words at this point. Honestly, I, I don't think that any of us could really appropriately channel our rage, our frustration, our desire to want to do more to help. And it's just a become such a fact of life in the United States of America to live day in and day out with these shootings. And it, it's it's really difficult. I mean, that, that that's all I'm going to say. And, and we need to keep pushing for common sense gun safety reform here. Things that, frankly, every other country does. I, I mean, no, no other country has a major political party who views weapons of war as something that everybody should have. Who interprets, <laughs> these are people who interpret the United States Constitution as allowing for insurrections, as saying everybody should be able to get whatever guns, whatever weapons of war they want, because if they disagree with the government, guess what? They should be able to use their weapons against the government. That's that's what they tell us. That, that, that's their view of the Second Amendment. Could not be more wrong. That's what these Republicans think of the Second Amendment. And every time this happens, you hear them try to blame absolutely everything everything mm -hmm. except the problem that is staring us right in the face. So today, of course, the first thing that they went to was, what's the commonality between all of these shootings? What's the one thing that all these shootings have in common? Any normal person would go, the guns, the assault weapons, perhaps, the, the ease in which people could get their hands on assault weapons, maybe, maybe that's it. If you said that, guess what? You're, you're wrong. Because you know what the foxes of the world said today? You know what these MAGA people, these Republicans, you know what they said today? It was doors. Door. The commonality in all these things, everyone, all these schools have doors. 
I'm not lying. Here's Fox blaming doors on the shooting. If we can lock the side doors and make sure that the schools are secure, hopefully we can avoid these tragedies going forward. <laughs> the doors. They blamed the doors. And, and just for the record, wow. all the doors were locked at this school. They always just want to also exacerbate the problem. They want to add on to the problem. They want to make the problem worse. When, when one of these problems arises, when there is a shooting, they say, what we need is more guns, actually. We need more guns. All the kids should have guns. Everybody should have guns. The school should basically be a prison. The school should basically be a prison. Military should be walking down. And these are the people who pretend to give a damn about life. These are the people who pretend to give a damn about, oh, we need to take care of the kids. Oh, save the kids from the drag show. Save the kids from the books. Ban the books. Ban the books. Ban the drag shows. Meanwhile, they let guns run rampant in these schools. I mean, just today, you even had Ron DeSantis, the far number two, the far, far below Trump, number two candidate for president, one of the Republican main voices in the Republican Party who's running for president in Florida. He says, you know what? This, this, he, he was giving the speech basically while the shooting was happening. I want to specify. I don't even know if he knew the shooting was happening while he was saying these words. But he was pushing for more guns, that there should be permitless carry in Florida, and he wants to get as close to possible as he can on that. Here was DeSantis from while the shooting was occurring today. Now, in terms of the, um, uh, the, the, the constitutional carry, I mean, I'm for everything. I've said that from the beginning. And um, but, but if they send me something that is 90 percent or 80 percent, I mean, I'm going to take that win and we can come back for more uh, at some time in the future. Yes, sir. Take that win. And I also want to, you know, just uh, I want to point out the language, too, that they use to describe this permitless carry, which anyone could have a gun. Anyone could have a gun right on their right on their person, could walk around anywhere, supermarket, school, wherever they want with the gun, they could, they could have the gun on them. They use the term constitutional carry to try to act like this is something constitutional. Oh, the Constitution, everybody should have weapons of war on them at all times. And I want to highlight the, the heroism of this woman I saw today. I know a lot of you have probably seen this clip. Of, this is a mother who was on vacation in Nashville. And this was a mother who was a survivor of the shooting that happened in Illinois not too long ago. She survived that shooting. She's on vacation in Illinois. Happens, this shooting occurs. And she sees the cameras. They're doing the press conference. Fox is up. And she takes over the Fox press conference live as the Fox cameras were on her and delivered an incredibly powerful, important, and poignant message. You got to watch this clip. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. They cut the Family vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in D.C. since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon. All right. So uh, we're going to break away there because that reporter who was using that camera is uh, obviously setting up to do a, a live report there. But the woman said it quite succinctly, aren't you tired of this? Yes, we are tired of this. 
Yeah, and Fox, who who that is, is the one pushing for just weapons of war to be on the street at all times. And and just to set the stage also to what's happening around this, literally tomorrow, if you're listening to this today, Tuesday, the GOP-led Judiciary Committee was set to pass a resolution that would actually make it easier for mass shooters to obtain pistol-stabilizing braces. And, and Representative Eric Swalwell, Democrat Eric Swalwell, called them out for this after the shooting, and they said, you still holding this hearing tomorrow? Are you actually going to pass this policy tomorrow? That's what you're going to do. And Eric Swalwell shamed them. So what did they do? They, of course, did not take it off the table, but they decided to postpone it because the optics of it looked bad. We're going we're gonna to postpone that. That's, that's what they decided to do. The Tennessee Republicans, remember this happened in Nashville. This year, they banned drag shows. During the same year, they moved to significantly expand gun access to the state via a series of bills, one of which lowered the carry age from 21 to 18. This is what they were focusing on. Ban drag shows, more guns. And just a couple of years ago in 2021, the governor, Bill Lee, announced permitless open carry of firearms, exactly what DeSantis was just pushing in Florida. And as we said in the intro of the show, here is Representative Andy Ogles, Andy Ogles, who represents this exact district. This was his holiday card that he posted. Him and his young children fetishizing weapons of war holding AR-15s, smiling in front of their Christmas tree. This is the example that Republicans are setting here. So folks, when we say that this is all coming from one side, here's the evidence laid out before you. This is what's going on. The GOP last week, as we were talking about earlier, held a hearing attacking the ATF for dealing with guns. Even just today, just today, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene in the midst of all this going on. Did Marjorie Taylor Greene rush to demand help for the children who were killed during this horrific attack? No, what Marjorie Taylor Greene did is she went down to a gun shop in Georgia to defend this gun shop because they were getting a routine inspection from the ATF. And so today, and any day this would be absolutely despicable and disgusting, but today... As these children were shot, Marjorie Taylor Greene thought it was a good idea to go down to her gun shop and defend their right to sell unfettered weapons of war and put them on the street. This is the Republican Party. And then Biden came out. He gave some preliminary statements. I like that Biden doesn't try to get ahead of it and, and try to speculate and, and say anything before he has the full story. Mm-hmm. But what Biden said was he, he laid it out straight. He said it's sick. We have to do more to stop gun violence. We have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. And he called on Congress once again to pass his assault weapons ban. Here's what President Biden would say. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly within minutes to end the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping the very soul of the nation. 
and we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reported we had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47s. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. One of the things that uh, Jamie Raskin, he said last week, he said these MAGA Republicans have an insurrectionist view or interpretation of the Second Amendment, where they say the reason they need these assault weapons essentially is for a revolution against the government. They view themselves as the militia to destroy the government, and that's why they think there should be no limits on it. But as Jamie Raskin pointed out, as I want to show now, that's just very clearly rebutted by the United States Constitution. And this is where, you know, Republicans would say, oh, we are strict textualists. Every word has a meaning, and we must look at every word total BS, like everything they do, it's all performative, because if you look at the Second Amendment, a sec- the Second Amendment's one of the only places in the Constitution that uses the word regulation, okay? And it says, a well-regulated militia, well-regulated, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the Republicans and the MAGA Republicans just say all this means is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed ever. They ignore a well-regulated militia and they ignore the the portion that says being necessary to the security of a free state. And where it's important being necessary to the security of a free state and a well-regulated militia is when you then look at the militia clause, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15, the power to call forth the militia. The Constitution is very clear when that takes place. And it says the Congress shall have the power to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasion. The very essence of when you would call forth a militia is actually to suppress the insurrection, which is the very thing that the MAGA Republicans say is the reason that you need the Second Amendment to essentially permit an insurrection against the union. That is, and and it's not even a close call right there. Whenever we talk about common sense gun reform and the MAGA Republicans position, I I always read this quote because I think it is important. And I always ask our viewers and our listeners to think who may have said this quote. And the quote is, the government is afraid of the guns people have because they have to they have to control the people at all times. Once you take away the guns, you can do anything to the people. You give them an inch and they take a mile. I believe we are slowly turning into a socialist government. The government is continually growing bigger and more powerful, and the people need to prepare to defend themselves against government control. And I always ask, who do you think said that? And I always hear, is it Lauren? Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it Matt Gates? Is it uh, DeSantis? No, it's Timothy McVeigh who said that. It is Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, 
who, by the way, connected this whole episode, who was inspired by what took place in Waco to commit the Oklahoma City bomb, uh, bombing. Um, and that's where Trump spoke over this past uh, weekend to give his campaign rally. And so it, it, it is the exact same rhetoric that MAGA Republicans use. It, it is Timothy McVeigh's rhetoric. It is the Branch Davidians who inspired Timothy McVeigh in Waco, where the Republicans went to hold their cult rally. But then just compare this. We always need to compare this to what's going on in the land of normalcy. And let's just pull up one of the messages that Biden's been talking about as we talk about all this craziness that's going on right now. This is him talking about Medicare and Social Security, right? We're strengthening Medicare and Social Security. My budget would extend the life of the Medicare trust fund beyond 2050. Meanwhile, MAGA Republicans in Congress are threatening to gut it. Let's pull up another one about the Affordable Care Act expands what Biden wrote. The Affordable Care Act expanded Medicaid to cover millions more people. That means more cancers detected early, more mental health treatment available, and less medical debt. Let's pull up another one about organizing. Um, that's, uh, we, we can pull up the last one, Brett, then go to organizing. Um, extreme MAGA House Republicans' proposals would rip food assistance away from families. It would put 1.2 million women, infants, children in jeopardy. My budget would put food on the table in school cafeterias and in American homes. The next one from President Biden. I'm sick and tired of companies breaking the law to keep workers from organizing. It's time to pass the PRO Act. Workers have a right to form a union. Look, these aren't in all caps. This isn't calling, uh, you know, posting baseball bats and threatening prosecutors, right? This is why we have a government. And when I think about political leaders, I want adults in the room who are grappling with an objective reality and trying to solve problems. And as I always say, do I agree with President Biden on everything? Or do I agree with the Democratic Party on everything? I, I don't. Um, and there's, you know, sometimes it's with the degree, it's how we prioritize certain things. I, I don't, I don't agree with them on everything, but I do know that they are adults in the room trying to solve actual problems and talking about the problems and actually passing legislation on things that I think we should all care about, right? Like we should care about jobs and and better wages, and we should care about making healthcare affordable and accessible. We should make education affordable and accessible. We should promote equality. We should make sure women can control their bodies without people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates telling you what to do with your body and criminalizing your right to control your body. It's absolutely disgusting. We should be uh, passing legislation to protect our veterans and to support our troops, right? We should be focused on protecting Social Security and Medicare, looking out for our seniors. 
supporting our veterans. Like, you know, it's not about, oh, I'm holding a constitution and I'm wagging it around and let me just throw a flag around and wave it around while I praise January 6th insurrection. What are you doing? You know, we show show that we're patriotic here in the pro-democracy community through our conduct each and every day. And we reject cult behavior. We, Donald Trump stands for everything that this country is not for. You know, that is, we created this country. Our founders created this country because of the disaster of Trumpian authoritarians throughout history. And where we've become a beacon of light to the world is because of our democracy. And now you've got this, 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 this really dangerous mix of a Republican Party that's given up on democracy, fueled as well or supported or bolstered by propaganda media from the Marxist, from right-wing fascist families that don't give a crap about our democracy either. And they view, by the way, they don't give a crap about capitalism either. They want, they want a Putin-style oligarchy where they could just get all the benefits handed directly to them. The way it goes on in Putin's Russia, the way it happens in North Korea, the way it's happened in dictatorships in the past. And so this confluence of factors also happens, though at the same time the Dominion trial is set to take place in, in, in next month. I think that the lawyers for Dominion have done such a good job on behalf of democracy, on behalf of truth. And you see the dominoes as they continue to fall. We talked earlier about Alvin Bragg and the dominoes falling there as by pursuing justice, those forces against justice rear their heads and show you who they are, right? And as Dominion just very basically pursues the truth, the facts, the facts, right? The people on Fox don't believe anything they say. They're not just fascists. They're, they're cowards. They're liars. They say one thing, and then behind the scenes, they, they mock their viewers. They mock, the, they mock Republicans. They mock the modern-day Republican Party. They're embarrassed by them. They just do it for money. They hate them. They just they do it for them. money. <laughs> and the dominoes continue to fall there as well. And an amended complaint was filed by, uh, I think her name is Abby Grossberg, who's a former producer on Tucker. As of last week, she was still a producer. She got fired after she brought her initial lawsuit last week. So she filed an amended complaint on Monday for retaliation for being fired. And in connection with the lawsuit, she attached what's called an errata sheet. Errata, E R R. ATA, that's an errata to her deposition. And her deposition was taken back on September at a 12th or 13th or 14th of 2022. And she states in this errata sheet that her testimony that she gave back in September of 22 was tainted by the coercion and intimidation of Fox's lawyers who told her to lie, to tell her to testify that she just couldn't recall things that she actually could recall, and to lie about things like an interview with Rudy Giuliani was pre-recorded. 
and Fox could have just edited out the lies. But she was told to lie, she alleges, by Fox lawyers to say it was live to tape and it couldn't be edited out. Pretty critical material stuff. So she's saying, look, they intimidated me, they threatened me, they gave me this horrific advice, and she's calling out Fox. And that's the thing too, though. She was part of this machinery of disinformation, but eventually, what they all realize too is, is the old adage that then they come for you. Then they come for you. And I, and I saw it on, I think, MSNBC, where uh, I'll find the guest. They go, they go, Mike Pence is probably the whitest guy there is. And Donald Trump came for Mike Pence to kill him. And so if they came for Mike Pence, you don't think they're going to come, you know, they, you know, they don't, you don't think they're going to come for you and they will always come for you. They will always otherize you. If you're not a member of the cult, you are a rhino. They call you a uniparty, whatever. They call you total scum. They dehumanize you. And that's why integrity matters. The truth matters. Our democracy matters. And you can't be led astray by this fascistic, despicable system that these MAGA Republicans want to hoist up. They'll come for you. They'll, they'll cannibalize each other. And look, as, as, we, as we do mark one million subscribers here at the Midas Touch Network, I am, I am relieved. I'm comforted by the fact that I know our numbers are actually growing faster than their numbers. More people are joining this pro-democracy movement than are joining their movement. Each and every time we do one of these lives, we see that it is usually in the top three or four of all YouTube lives in the entire world, of all YouTube. And more people watch this than watch some Fox shows. More people watch this a day, the Midas Touch Network, than watch Tucker and Hannity and Laura Ingraham essentially combined. Think about that. More people watch the Midas Touch Network than those three combined when you add up all of the YouTube views that we have in one day. And why that is important, it is important that we educate people together with the truth. Explaining to people the importance of democracy. Explaining to people that we love our country and that these MAGA Republicans have co-opted, they've hijacked our symbols. They've hijacked the flag for their fascism. They've hijacked the Constitution and they've hijacked these terms. Patriotism, of love of our country, of the USA chant. They've hijacked it to undermine it. And we love our country and the pro-democracy movement. We love our country. We want to improve it. We want to perfect it. We want to fix its problems. But we love our country here. And we're not ashamed to say that. And all of the boogeymen that they create and the Mr. Potato Heads that they create, and they talk about the Dr. Seuss and bathrooms and, and, and 
uh, ovens and washing machines and w w whatever the fake outrage machine they want to create. They want to keep their people they fearful. They want to keep their people scared. They want their people to think, oh, the Democrats and everybody else, they're out to get you. They're out to get you. Meanwhile, the Murdochs, the OANs, the Bannons, quite literally are picking the pockets, are mocking their base, are exploiting their own people for, the, for money, for Putin. For, for what? For what? And I'm just so, I'm so enthused that we've all, we're all rising to the moment together. And none of this, and I mean none of this, is possible without you watching this. You watching this? Look, I, I'm honored that I get to do a show with my brothers. Every day I, I get to have, a, get to have this network where I have such incredible uh, contributors and, and, and I get to have get to have fun doing it. I get to smile. I get to laugh. I get to joke. I also need to get very serious too, you know, and, and we need to have that balance. But none of this happens without you. And what the future is, what the future holds is up to you. It's up to the movement. It's up to the pro-democracy community. It's up to, it's up to you. We can't wait for whoever, Jack Smith is great, or Alvin Bragg this, or Fawny Willis, or Letitia James, or Biden, or whoever. We, you know, we collectively, we the people, we the people are the difference makers. And that's what 1 million subscribers means to me. Huh. 1 million subscriber means to us the great work that you've done. Your contribution to democracy. Your support is invaluable. And so I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. You already take it away. <laughs> Shout out to the Midas Mighty! Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally deserve it. <sighs> Let's see. What else is on the mic stretch? <laughs> we missed George Santos finally makes criminal confession. You know, this kind of bums me out. You can, you can barely hear this. This is Michael Popak, Legal AF, George Santos. Remember him, you know, in the middle of all of these other Donald Trump-related issues, uh, Waco appearances, indictments in New York, Jack Smith indictments. You may forget there's another grifter in training in the form of George Santos. Is that his name? Could be something with Tavalder in it. Who really knows? At the end of the day, who really cares? Let's just get him out of Congress as quick as possible. If the Ethics Committee won't do it, then I assure you the members and voters of the 3rd District in New York are going to do it um, when his term comes up in just another year and a half or so.
But George Santos, continuing the grift, continuing to lie, told the New York Post as recently as a couple of months ago he committed no crimes in Brazil, despite the fact that in January the Brazilian officials reopened a criminal investigation that had laid dormant for over 10 years because they couldn't find the poor guy. They couldn't find the chap named Devalder, named Santos, and the, and the trail had gone cold, so they sort of half-closed the file. Until, lo and behold, George Santos, if that's his real name, popped back up in the news in a big way, running for office and winning the seat in the 3rd District in New York, which led the Brazilian jurisdictional authorities, police and prosecutors, law enforcement, to say, we can read social media. Oh, that looks like the same guy that stole $1,300 off a clothing store clerk using a fake identity and a stolen checkbook back in 2008. And they reopened the case now that they could locate him. So with the prosecutors in Brazil fast on his trail and while at the same time talking out of one side of his mouth and Santos telling the media and anybody that would listen that he's not a criminal very reminiscent of, of Richard Nixon I am not a crook this is George Santos I didn't commit a crime in Brazil or anywhere else well that's not what his new plea deal says he, he is reportedly entering into a plea deal with the Brazilian authorities in which they will agree to a non-prosecution agreement and not take him to trial in return for him confessing that he committed the crime. The crime is using bad checks, stolen checkbooks, and fake identity of an elderly gentleman who his mother cared for. I mean, this the grift just gets deeper and deeper, and so does the disgusting lack of ethics and character of one George Santos, who had no moral problems or character failings to stop her from stealing a checkbook belonging to an old man that his mother cared for and then spending it on not necessities not food not tuition um, not to help a dying relative with medical care for thirteen hundred dollars worth of designer clothing i mean is anybody shocked by this in a in a small store in a small city in Brazil. And the way it works in Brazil is that it is the poor clerk who gets up, who gets ripped off, who is basically the victim of the crime, not the store. And in some places like Brazil, they force the clerk to repay the store for the stolen goods. That may have happened here. So let's put that aside for a minute. This poor clerk who got ripped off and then had to repay the store $1,300 because that theft happened on his watch. So the Brazilian prosecutors told George Santos, we'll do this deal with you, maybe, but you got to find the victim, the person you ripped off, the person who probably paid back the store for your stolen goods. And if you could repay him, meaning pay him the money that he paid the store, this poor shop clerk, then we'll consider entering it into this deal if you admit that you committed the crime. So we already have reporting that he is, uh, has located the clerk, has or will repay him and where's that money coming from is that coming from campaign funds george santos is that coming from the grift that you've done down in florida with your ponzi scheme of a investment firm or the developer <laughs> management company or whatever else you're using try to make as much money as you can from your political power um, and political reputation as you can before the voters of new york run you out on a rail
Is that where the money's coming from? Okay, so somewhere the $1,300 is coming from. He located the clerk. He's going to repay the money, but he's going to have to confess that he committed the crime. And um, they'll then, the prosecutors will then enter into a non-prosecution agreement. This all goes up to the MAGA-led GOP Ethics Committee, who Lord knows what they're going to do with that. I mean, the Democrats were in charge. And a Democrat committed this crime, he would be censured or worse by the Ethics Committee. But that's not going to happen here. We shouldn't expect it to happen here. That's why prosecutors have to step in around the world and around the country to bring these out-of-control criminal petty thieves to their knees and put them in jail or make them repay the money that they've stolen. That's what's happened with Representative George Santos, a.k.a. Devalder, a.k.a. Rip it off an old man his mother used to work with by stealing his checkbook and writing a check for luxury goods in Brazil in 2008, which has now been resolved by him confessing to the crime, notwithstanding all that he told the media, including the New York Post, that he didn't commit a crime ever. Another lie and a series of lies on the, on the back of George Santos. That Campbell's back has, has already broken, fractured, and been sent to the emergency room. There's not one more thing that will break the Campbell's back. It is broken. And that is the reporting we have right now on George Santos from this week. And even though all these other wheels of justice are more important as they relate to Donald Trump and the people at the upper food chain, in and around Donald Trump and the various prosecutors and law enforcement that are going after these people, we have to also report on things like George Santos confessing to a crime. I do these hot takes on various topics about every day. And if I'm not doing it, one of my other co-anchors on a podcast on the Midas Touch Network, we call Legal AF. Every Wednesdays and Saturdays, they'll do a hot take. Karen Creepin and Niffalo with Ben Marsalis. And then on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we pull it all together and curate the best five or six stories at the intersection of law and politics and as practicing lawyers and former prosecutors ourselves, we give you the lowdown, the breakdown. If you like what we're doing, follow us. If you like what I'm doing in particular, you follow me on all social media, including Twitter, at MS Popak. Michael Popak, Legal AF Report. Our blue wall stopped the red wave and election deniers got denied election. That's why we're celebrating with the new Democracy Prevails team. We've got lots of work to do, but we should all be proud that when democracy was tested, democracy prevailed. You've earned this. Don't wait. Get yours right now at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. When you shop Wayfair, you can't help but show up. It's impossible to keep the deal to yourself. We save so much with Wayfair, we've got to buy Wayfair, show off your big deal. Wayfair, you could just what I need. Fred Smith here told us the B&H photo helped change his life. Fred, tell us your story. I was a fitness instructor in Atlanta, and I transferred to New York March 13, 2020, right as the city went under lockdown. Oof, that's a rough timing. All the studios shut down, but with B&H's help, I started Workout with Fred. It's an online fitness platform with cycling classes and off-the-bike classes taught by me. Talk about lemon.
42 minutes ago that was posted. Okay, it's a publicly admitted. Indiscriminate killings. that mass shootings exploded after Republicans shot down so 